Thanks for joining us today on Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy. And I'm Beth. And I'm so thankful to be here with you today, Miss Missy. It's awesome, Beth, when we get together. I never quite know where our conversation is going. I do know one thing. It will always be centered on the Word of God, Mm -hmm. even if it's a social situation, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. I mean, we meet for a coffee or we go out for lunch and our conversation always goes back to what God is doing in our lives. And I appreciate that so much for me because it helps me apply God's word to my life. And as I watch you apply it to your life and as God is teaching you and you share that with me, then I in turn am learning. It's just, it's just a beautiful thing. It's a process. And this journeying together may take us by surprise, but I truly believe that God has, this is, this is what he has ordained for us, doing life with one another, encouraging one another. The word says, don't forsake meeting together. You know, it, and it's not just about going to church on Sundays. Um, and I'm so thankful that churches are open and we can go to church every Sunday, but that's, that's not enough. It's really not enough, right? Um, we go to church, we listen to the word, but it's when we come together and talk about the word after we've read the word. I mean, this is a process of, of, of allowing one another to be that, we've said this before, the iron sharpening iron that the word talks about. But it's in coming together and talking about what we're learning that we really see that growth. You can't just have a gym membership. You've got to go to the gym and lift the weights, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, so Beth, I I hate the gym, but uh, okay, and truthfully, there are some spiritual disciplines that are difficult, you know, try sitting and being silent and still before Mm -hmm. the Lord to listen to him, that's hard, it's Mm -hmm. harder for some people, more more difficult for some people than others, there are things that are difficult to do, so when I When I think about this, exercising our faith and some of the things that we're called to do, how do we live that out practically? Hmm. Okay. We have the resources of those around us. Oh, okay. I get that. So many resources. I get that. How, how do I, you know, how do I tap into those resources and what does that look like practically speaking for our listeners who are saying, well, yeah, but you guys have each other or you have a good church or you have... I'm isolated. I'm not in the same situation that you are. Mm-hmm. What do you say to them? How do you mm-hmm. encourage them today? Oh, my. So much to think about there. First of all, I think we have to make it a priority. Because let me just say, all those years that I was too busy and didn't have time to be in the Word, it's because I wasn't prioritizing my time in the Word. Okay? Um, most recently, what I've realized is I can be really good at reading the Word and at praying, but sitting in silence and solitude? Ooh, what? <laughs> and yet the word says, be still and know that I am God. So I know it is something that I need to make a priority in my life. I recognize seasons. You know, there are seasons of life that are just so busy. I know mamas who are raising kids and holding down two jobs. I mean, I get that. But it really does take an intentionality of, okay, this is my lifeline. Um, I'm trying to think which book it was. I think it's in uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. He talks about um, the blizzards in our life, and he references um, 
farmers in, um, I'm going to say Kansas because I can't remember the state, but where, where they would get terrible, terrible blizzards. And they would tie a rope from the barn door to the house door because when they left the house to go to the barn or left the barn and go to the house and a blizzard came up, they, they could be lost and die just three feet from their door because they, they lost all sense of direction, right? And so that rope was their lifeline. And his point in this particular chapter was, you know, God has to be our lifeline. We have to have that rope in place because if we don't put it in place before the storm hits, mm. we'll never find it in the midst of the storm. Yeah. And so those are those um, those practices, those priorities that we have to implement before the weather gets bad, before chaos hits. Um, and I would have told you 40 years ago or 35 years ago, chaos is like I live in the midst of chaos because it was a busy season of life. But I still can stop and evaluate I must stop and evaluate what I have to have in in place and in practice. You know, you have to have the gas in the car before it'll move. And so if you didn't fill your tank, you're not going anywhere. Well, that's how it is spiritually too. So how does that look for your life? What are you prioritizing? If you're saying, I want the Word of God to be a priority, I want time spent with God to be a priority, but... I don't have any time for it. Well, then you you need to see where you are giving your time to, whether it's spending your time or investing your time. For myself, my husband and I have had this conversation. He's so faithful to the gym. And I know when I go to the gym, it, it actually does like help. Go figure. Go figure. <laughs> but if I have to give up one or the other, time spent in my chair or time spent working out, I'm going to give up time spent working out because I've seen my life without that time spent with the Lord, and I don't want to go back there. Never, ever, ever again. So you have to figure out what it is that you are prioritizing. I recognize that when you have a family, work has to be a priority. But you know what? When you have a family, your family has to be a priority too because relationships matter. And your relationship with God, that's your lifeline. You're not going to get the other relationships right if you're not in alignment with him, first and foremost. So this, this has to be like the, the breath of life, the, the, the bread of life, the water, the living water to sustain you. So first you have to look at how you are spending your time. Mm. Does that sound uh, daunting, frustrating, mm. doable? No, I, I think it may be, but I think it's very important that, that you do evaluate your life Mm -hmm. and where your time is spent. Um, I was thinking as you were talking that discipline begets discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, And just look at children who are not disciplined. I mean, they, they, if they're not disciplined in one area, they'll not be disciplined in another. And I know Mm -hmm. from my own life, when I, uh, when I put discipline in place in my life in one area, it often shows up in another area. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm better at, uh, you know, when I'm watching my weight, I'm better at exercising than mm-hmm. I'm better at keeping my house clean. I'm better at, you know, I'm better at prioritizing my life and doing what needs to be done. And uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because my young, uh, my young grandson, he's three years old. They, they, and we've just moved in next door to them. So we are like, you know, connected. Mm-hmm. So he comes over all the time to check and get a snack. You know, the, mm-hmm. these things are important. But he and his sister, his twin sister, 
come to our door. I had to hear the doorbell the other day, and uh, little Charlotte just poked her head in the door. I said, can I help you? And she said, no, I'm just checking on you. Oh. So then she shuts the door and leaves. But they'll come in the house, and they'll drop their... And they've learned they got to take their shoes off mm-hmm. in the house at home. So they'll drop their shoes, their coats, their whatever. But then they kind of wander home. So I have got three, four sets of little shoes mm-hmm. and boots and coats and stuff at my house. And I'm like, hmm, okay, we're going to have to do something with this. And so my grandson came over the other day and he said, where's my boots? And Ned and I were sitting there. We started to laugh and said, okay, Gabe, where did you take your boots off? Where did you leave them? You had them on. You took them off. In, they're right on the floor right mm-hmm. behind him. Mm-hmm. So he turns around and he looks and he throws his hands up in the air and he says, someone needs to take my boots over to my house so I can put <laughs> <laughs> And Ned and I just started laughing really hard because he's got the three sets of shoes. They're uh-huh. his, you know. Uh-huh. So we go through the whole reasoning behind these are his boots. He's wearing them. He took them off. Um, and he's the one that is responsible for these boots. Right. And it's, it's, he's struggling with this because he doesn't understand why someone mm-hmm. doesn't carry his boots over. Uh, and we finally convinced him that, yes, indeed, he was the one who was going to have to carry his boots and his shoes and all those things. Uh, in fact, he looked at his, I said, now, he put his boots on, and that was fine. I said, you can wear your boots over there, but take your other shoes with you. And he looked down, he said, but I don't like this pair. <laughs> I said, they're still your shoes, you still have to take care of them. But it, it just made me chuckle, but I thought, isn't yeah. that our life? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is that what we do with our life? You know, mm-hmm. someone should, you know, do this so I can do whatever rather than saying, oh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. If, it's an, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions, right. you know, right. uh, I need to lose weight. Well, okay, if I need to lose weight, I need to l- watch what I'm eating or I need to start exercising or I need to do something else. Mm-hmm. We need to take responsibility, number one, and then as we look at what's in our life, what is in our life is much of what we make it. I mean, mm-hmm. some things we can't do anything about, but there is so much we can do right. something about. And that's what we're talking about. Let's not talk about the things you can't do anything mm-hmm. about. Let's talk about what you can do mm-hmm. and take responsibility for that and start changing things there. Mm-hmm. And the first step, as we always say, is really to get into the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And so finding that time to get into the Word doesn't mean you have to read a whole book, although there are books of the Bible that are short enough that you could easily read that whole book and read that same book every day for a month. But find, find that practice that will work. Maybe it's reading one chapter of Psalms, of Proverbs, of John. I mean, make it a doable Portion. I mean, we talk about yes. that with our weight. Portion control will make this a portion that you can eat because if it's too big, you're not going to do it. Mm. it. If it's too daunting, if you're trying to lift too heavy in the gym, you're you're just right. not going to do and it. And you're going to give up and you're going to quit. It's, right. I love that you bring this up because it's true that there are seasons of life. So if you're a busy mama, you might not be able to sit down and read a whole book of the Bible mm-hmm. in peace. But you might have time to take a portion of it and to read it and to write out verses mm-hmm. that you can look at later. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe you can listen in the car at a point in time. Or There are different things that you can do that you can put in place at that moment. And another season, I mean, I, I think there was a season of time where I was able, I wasn't working, I was able to dig into Bible studies, and I, I would spend a couple hours a day mm-hmm. in the Word of God. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Now, my life has not always been such that I could put that much time into it, mm-hmm. 
but you have to put some time into mm-hmm. it. You you have to invest. Uh, and even, you know, I mean, think of financially. When you invest financially, mm-hmm. even a little bit will build up mm-hmm. if you continue and are steadfast and faithful to continue to put a little bit in. Mm-hmm. So it's finding what you can do, not just focusing on what you can't. Absolutely. Um, what Missy said about reading just a portion, writing it out, committing it to memory. I mean, then you can carry it with you wherever you go. And uh, include your kids. If you have kids, include them in this process. I, I know that, well, right now our son and I are trying to to get the whole chapter of Romans 12 memorized, but he knows bits and pieces already because he was still in the house when I was memorizing verses 14 through 21. He doesn't maybe have them in exact order, but he remembers bits and pieces from it. So the last time he was home from school, I said, hey, let's start in verse 1. And let's start memorizing Romans 12, verses 1 through 21. We're working on that together. We hold each other accountable to it. Now, he's 20, so he and he has a much better memory than me. But guess what? My three-year-old grandson has a much better memory than me, too. It's, it's just finding that I don't know, that that bite-sized portion. Um, Lucas is my five-year-old grandson. He has Romans 15, 13 memorized because we put it to song, and he's motivated by music. Do what you can. Don't don't focus on what you can't. Focus on what you can. So that's that's how I would implement those daily at-home steps. Uh, But also there is the verse that tells us that we should not forsake meeting together. So how does that look? What does that look like? I love church. Hear me out. I think church is, I'm so thankful church doors are open and we can go back and and learn, you know, hear a message and worship together. But a lot of times, unless there truly are Sunday schools or adult Bible fellowships happening in in that Sunday morning, um, a lot of times you walk in the doors, you get fed kind of like a restaurant and then you leave and and maybe you think about what you heard or you know your body processes your mind processes what what was poured into it but truly the the growth I believe happens at at a smaller level uh, at a table in a living room talking about what you've heard and talking about the practical applications with one another. It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing then to to speak it back to someone, to look at your own life and say, well, yeah, so I see where, okay, if, let's look at Colossians 3. When, and when Paul says in verse 8, um, get rid of all anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your mouth. And then verse 12, he talks about clothing yourself with um, compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Okay, now now that I hear it that way, it's kind of a what not to wear and a what to wear. Well, when I'm in this situation, I often am wearing anger and rage and malice and slander, and there's filthy language that comes from my mouth. So my practical application of this is, how can I stop that process? Well, let's look at Colossians 3. Verse 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Well, if I'm in a small group setting, I can say to that person on the other couch or across the table from me, hey, would you, would you hold me accountable to this? Would you ask me next week how I did in that 
office setting or, I don't know, basketball court setting or wherever it is, it's bringing out those attributes that are not the characteristics of God. Would you, would you just hold me accountable to, to trying to apply the, what to wear, the compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience in, in that environment where I find myself flaring up instead of being a light, um, you know, help me with this. That's in those small group settings. That's where the accountability and the, the doing life with one another really happens. I believe, Missy, we have had that sitting at this radio mm. table for all these years. Oh, I believe it too. We, we know each other at a deeper level because we're not just sitting beside each other in rows, but we are looking face to face at each other as we talk about the word. Mm. Well, and the other thing is that we have to learn to take off the masks that we wear. Mm-hmm. And perhaps you don't want to do that with everyone. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, a reason to wear masks, as we found <laughs> out this last year. But, but, but revealing yourself to someone is very important. Mm-hmm. One, two, three people. Being authentic and real and transparent is important because that's who you really are. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's who God wants to transform. Mm-hmm. We can pretty much all of us know the right kind of Christianese or the church speak to say when we're in church, you know, what to say, what to do, mm-hmm. how to look good on the outside. But if it's not good on the inside, then we've got to share that somewhere. And I believe that God has given us one another. I, mean, I told you I was in James last week that uh, I've been reading it, listening to it. It talks about confessing our faults to one another mm-hmm. so that we can pray for one another. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of accountability, the kind of small group, this kind of one-on-one, two or three gathered. That That's where the benefit to that comes in, that you can say, that I can come to the table and say, Beth, I, I know this attitude isn't right in me, but I'm really struggling here. Mm-hmm. Help me. I, I know sometimes that the small group setting in churches is a little daunting because... Um, because you still feel like that mask has to be in place, yeah. right? Because um, what will people think if they know the real me? Exactly. And so I even think it's okay to go to somebody who you've done life with long enough. You've seen the way they do life. They're trustworthy. Uh, and maybe it's not truly a small group, but to say, hey, can we sit down and talk? Yeah. I got a struggle, and I think I, I just need your wisdom on this. I mean, I can't think of anything um, more precious than those relationships that we know we can call and say, you know, I'm, I, I know you don't have a whole lot of time, but I'm in this place where I just need a hand to help pull me out. Can we, can we go grab some coffee, or can I come over and talk? That says, hey, we know people who care. I, I hope that you have someone like that in your life. I know for myself and Missy, I'm sure you'd say the same. Um, I think about the young friends in our community, the 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 sons and daughters of our friends and family. I would be delighted if niece, nephew, um, former basketball, you know, teammate of one of my kids or or your kids, if they would come and say, hey. I've seen you go through this season. Would you talk me through this? Oh, yeah, that would just completely thrill my soul to know that, hey, first of all, they're saying this is kind of a tough place. And second of all, they're saying I need wise counsel. Mm. And, and I guess 
uh, from my perspective, um, that delights me when people, young moms or whatever, come because I was the young mom who was going to, to other women. I remember at one season in life calling three different moms saying, help me, I'm going under. How did you keep your daughters? Because I had four four daughters at that point, one son. Uh, two of them uh, were in high school together and played on the same basketball team. And And let me take this one step farther. And the younger one was playing varsity, and the older one was still playing junior varsity, mm. right? So the dynamics were really, really strange. Um, and we were trying to figure out how to journey through this. And I remember calling several different moms. And some some were so sweet, all they said was, oh, you know, da 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 tell them the prettiest thing they can wear is a smile. Okay, that's great, but that's not <laughs> helping me. Um, another, another one, I'm glad I called three. Another one just laughed at me and said, you'll get through this. We all get through this. You'll be fine. And, and you know what? She was right. But it was the one who said, hey, Beth, don't be afraid to go to counseling. Don't be afraid to, to reach out and um, just ask for wise counsel that is even one step further than, than calling me. And she said, you know, my husband and I had to do that with our daughter. Uh, and these were professionals, you know, a doctor and a nurse, married, had kids. They, they still were figuring it out. And she was willing to share with me mm. that hey, we had to do this too. We, we were in that place. We didn't know what to do. And so we sought wise counsel. So it doesn't always have to be the traditional small group format, I guess is what I'm saying. Just be willing. Don't let Satan bind you up in silence, okay? Be willing. Ask God, who could, who could walk me through this? Who could, who could walk beside me in this season that I feel like I'm getting knocked over by the storm and he'll give you wisdom and then just have the courage be strong and courageous god is with you wherever you go to reach out and ask someone um could we open the word and look at what the word has to say about the season of life and i i'm i'm banking on the fact that god has already put people in your life Mm. who would be delighted to do life with you as you seek him with all of your heart. Yeah. Missy, I think we're at the end of our time together, but boy, it's such a joy to open the word with you and encourage others to open the word. Let's just know that it's never good enough for you to listen to us talking about the word. Okay. Let's just put that right out there. You need to open the word and see it for yourself. Thanks for joining us at the table. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse, to transitional design. Then 
meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed. Step back in time with a stay at one of the oldest buildings in historic Berlin, Ohio, the Worthman House. This charming building has a rich history with origins dating back to as early as the mid-1800s. The newly restored two-bedroom, one-bathroom suite has hardwood floors and gorgeous chestnut trim throughout. It is also outfitted with locally made Amish furniture. It can sleep six and offers a beautiful panoramic view of Berlin's Main Street. Its location in the heart of Berlin is an ideal spot for walking to various restaurants and shops. Book your stay at the Worthman House through VRBO.